Let me say the scripture to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says this. Out of the New King James, it says, Therefore, Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say every weight. Every weight. We're to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Another version says, entangles us. And let us run with endurance. Let's say it again. Say the word endurance. endurance. The race that is before us. There's a thing about believing God that requires endurance. Galatians chapter six, it says, through faith and patience, you attain the promises. And it says, imitate those who've gone before you in Hebrews 6, who through their faith and their patience receive the promises. Faith is when you see a thing, God gives you a word and you say yes to it. Patience is the element that looks at that faith and never changes its point of view on it. You know, have you ever heard people say, don't pray for patience or God will give it to you? You're going to have to really struggle through life. Oh, Jesus, it's so hard. Just have patience, right? Patience seems to be like you're just enduring and suffering through life. That's not what patience is. Patience is where you take a snapshot of what you saw in faith and you don't change. You see what God told you in the beginning and you don't change till he says different. That's patience. Patience is to remain consistently the same through every trial, every tribulation, every up and down, remaining the same with what you saw in the beginning. Faith. And if it gets to be too long, then you add a third element. Endurance. Endurance is like if you're in the race, you're in the race, you're in the race. It looks like the other guy's pulling ahead. So you reach over and you flip on the nitrous. Endurance. Ride or die, right? And you recognize that's what begins to happen. You, you begin to accelerate. Endurance will beat the devil at his own game every time. You can outlast the devil. You can outlast unbelievers. You cannot last false brethren. Hallelujah. Do you know the Bible says in James that God gives more grace to the humble? But he resists the proud. When God resists the proud, it's sometimes people are saying, why am I not advancing? Where am I going? What's happening in my life? Well, sometimes it could be because you're not surrendering to him. Could be God slowing you up, saying, I don't want you hurting any of my kids. I'll slow this right up. Praise God. The Lord sends us to places sometimes that I gotta go talk to leaders privately. And thank God you have awesome leaders. I'm telling you guys, I don't know if you know what you have, but you've got awesome leaders. But you go meet with people privately sometimes because that's part of this prophetic thing the Lord has us do and you know, sometimes I think I cry more than they do. 
You know, you look at them and it's like, hey, you know you're doing this thing? Come on. And they're like, what thing? I'm like, really? The Lord wants his church to live and he's so gracious and so merciful. But I'm gonna say this, there is exposure coming to the church and I am not celebrating that. There seems to be this exposure junkie culture where people just wanna see exposure. They wanna see bad things happen to leaders. We need to pray for leaders. We need to try to restore leaders. We need to try to see people live because the church is taking hits left and right. And a lot of the things you see in pulpits where people are getting taken down and different things are happening, believe me, there's a lot of political things going on behind the scenes too that's based on money and based on trying to tear people down for personal gain. Hallelujah. And some of it, some people should sit down and shut up and let other people stand up because of terrible things. But I'll tell you what, we shouldn't rejoice over it. But your life right now, listen to me, your life right now, you're called to have faith and patience. Faith and patience, endurance, attaining what God's called you to have because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, those who've gone before us. You know there's people that are watching in heaven right now? The great cloud of witnesses, and they're cheering for you. They're saying, you can do it. Come on, if only you knew what it was like. You can do this. Don't give up now. Don't lay back now. Do it. Finish your race. Finish your course. And when you begin to make this book part of your thinking and your believing to such a level, people have asked me many times, you know, Joseph, you talk about reading the Bible. Well, how much should I read it? Well, that depends on when it starts talking back to you. You read the Bible until it starts talking back to you, meaning you read it until it starts affecting your decisions, your convictions, what you think about a thing, how you're persuaded. When that starts affecting that, you'll know you're reading the Bible because now the Bible's talking to you and through you. The gospel that we preach is correct, but it's not complete until it's working through us. I believe in a complete gospel. We know the gospel, it's correct, it's just not complete. The gospel was not made for us just to hear and look at and go, wow, that's amazing. No, you're to be a living epistle with the gospel coming through your life. That's the completeness of the gospel. Somebody said, God said it, and that settles it. Well, that's not true. Do you know that? Well, God said it, yeah, it settles it for him, but it doesn't settle it for you. God said it, you have to believe it and that settles it. Praise God. It's like the people that say, don't worry, the truth will set you free. No, it won't. People are like, what? What kind of church are we in? (laughs) No, the the truth will set you free. It's the truth that you know and believe and practice that will set you free. Do you know it's not the great mission that we're on? You guys know that, right? Oh, God's in control. He's going to do whatever he wants. That's called the great mission. No, God calls it the great commission. That we go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's, there's this co-part we got to remember that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and yet he gave us authority on this earth to be his body. We become the bride when he returns. Amen. You cool with that? People are like, we're the bride. We're the bride when he comes back to get us. That's when the marriage happens. 
The new Jerusalem comes down. Behold, I'll show you the wife of the lamb, the bride of the lamb, right? Now listen, Jesus loves us, and he wants us to advance. And this is the season, I'm telling you right now, where you're gonna have to look at the darkness and put your mouth guard in. It's getting real. It's kind of like, it's prison rules. Are you ready for some prison rules? Come on. That's what we got going on. It's prison rules, man. Mouth guard going in, you got to get ready. Some people are like, what do you mean prison rules? It'd be like if you bumped into a car in traffic and Mike Tyson jumped out. What you doing? You know? Nobody. And so that gets your attention. You'd be like, oh, wow, it's prison rules. It's, you know? when, you, when you look at darkness, you got to put your mouth guard in and say, I guess we're going to do whatever it takes to accomplish the kingdom's work. Revelation 12, 11, ladies and gentlemen, remember this scripture? They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb. They were going red. And the word of their testimony, you know what the word of your testimony is? I've been proven. I've stood up under duress. I've stood up under things. I've been proven. Do you know God's not trying to prove you to himself? He already knows your end from your beginning. He knows what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. You know what God's trying to do? He brings you around mountains and he puts you through seasons and tests your heart to prove you to you. Because then you know if you're going to stand up or not. You know if you're going to fall apart. You know if you're going to rise and shine in the middle of a challenge. God already knows you know, it's kind of like if our heart condemns us, First John says, God is greater than our heart. But if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So what do we got to do? We got to work on getting our heart confident in the Lord. Paul said, I am fully persuaded. I am convinced that nothing will separate me from the love of God. And when you become fully persuaded that he was able to, to call you, he's able to perform what he first said to you. When you get into that position, now you're walking in faith and patience and endurance, and you will attain what God called you to have. In your life, the devil may come walking over, but he's going to go limping back. I'll tell you what. Jesus loves you, and there's not a thing you can do about it. So you might as well repent and get right with him. People like, repent? That's like a cuss word in some churches. Well, those churches need to repent. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I like how we soften the term repenting. I think we need to define this better, really make it palatable for people. It just means to kind of change course, go in a new direction. Yeah, amen. But we we still should say what John the Baptist said. Repent, (laughs) for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or you're all going to burn. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. That was a little much. But uh, there's been times I'm with, like, business leaders, and, you know, and Pastor Ben's so good for me. He's really good for me. But I'm, I'm with business leaders and stuff, and they're like, well, I believe this way. I believe that way. We're political leaders. And I, I have this persuasion. I'm like that. I'm like, okay, so, like, do you believe in Jesus? They're like, no. I'm like, well, you're going to hell. That's called prophetic evangelism, Nick. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Tell you what, the world, sometimes they just need to have a little checkup from the neck up, a little shock rock. Yeah! That means love, by the way. Amen? People are like, what was he flashing there? Love. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. 
We all act like Jesus ain't coming back. The church is running around like Jesus isn't coming back. People don't even know the end times anymore. I like Kara as an end time teacher. She said to Rick Renner yesterday, she's like, I'm also an end time teacher. And I believe that because I've seen her. (laughs) And I thought that was awesome because it's true. You guys get healthy teaching in this place. But I'll tell you what, the end is coming. Jesus is coming. The kingdom is advancing. And through your faith and patience, you'll attain the promises that you're destined for, what you're supposed to have. You know, I think about this. The the day is coming, and I believe that the Lord would have returned 2,000 years ago if the church had really united with what he wanted them to do. And there's no condemnation in this. You know, we're all in this thing walking it out. But I'm just saying that the Lord is looking for those that just simply believe him. God's got this thing about being believed. You know, sometimes people get told something from the Lord, and then they just suddenly emotions change, circumstances change, so they just switch gears. Well, I guess that wasn't God. What? If God told you something, I'll tell you what, I got to... I don't know if I'm just goofy, but if God tells me something, I don't care what happens next. That's just how I'm wired. I, I look at it like, got my mouth garden. It's prison rules. I guess we're going through. Because there's a day he's coming back. You know, when you look in the, the, the scripture and you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and you're recognizing there's a day coming, the trumpet's going to blast, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, we're going to rise up and uh, the, the dead in Christ will rise up to meet him and we who remain will meet the Lord together with them in the air. That day's coming. That day's coming. As a matter of fact, I think it's going to be a great day. I think the Lord is the master of, to quote Megamind, presentation. <laughs> One thing you lack is presentation, nobody, yeah. You, I think it's going to be like that. As a matter of fact, when you look at the Lord returning, I don't think it's going to, you know, they said it's going to be a trumpet, a trumpet sounding. The trumpet shall blast and the Lord shall return. And we get all this like old English ideology about it. It's like middle, uh, what do you want to call it? It's, it's dark ages, you know, mindsets. It's like, and thou shalt rend the clouds and he shall return on a white horse, right? But when you look at it, I think if you look in the Greek with that word trumpet, like you dig in the Greek really deep. I'm so glad Rick's not here right now. But you dig into the Greek really far. I think if you look deep, so deep, it's not really there, but you might see the word electrolos guitario. <laughs> and when the Lord returns, I think it's going to be presentation. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, are you ready? <laughs> and Gabriel's going to be like, yeah, right? And then it's going to be, Guitar. And then the angel's gonna cry out, Yeah! We're coming back, y'all! Good night, Chicago! No, okay. Too much. Too much. That's for you, bro. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how the Lord's coming back. I think it's gonna be presentation. He's gonna split the eastern sky. And every eye, even those who pierced him, will go, Oh no, the World Economic Forum is not God after all. The lizard overlords will say no. 
Everybody okay? I only get to see every now and then. So every now and then they break me out of, you know, the closet. And they're like, hey, it's Joseph. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's bringing a great, great turn of the tide, I believe. But it's going to be through great challenge. You know what he needs from you? Faith and patience. He needs you to remain consistently, relentlessly the same to the point that you don't shrink back. <laughs> I've had witches show up in meetings and they come and they stand in my face for like, I'm a witch. I'm like, big deal. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> I was in one time that I had these people, uh, I got, oh man, I shouldn't tell these stories, but I'm going to. I was... <laughs> I was in this one place one time. I walked into a place looking for a friend, and it was this diner, and all of a sudden, all these guys manifested demons. You ever had that happen? You walk into a place and demons manifest? That gets your attention. They started barking and growling like dogs. I'm looking for a friend, and they literally started barking, growling like dogs. There was like five of them, and they grabbed me when I walked into this place, and they pulled me over to this bar. I'm thinking, well, this is good. I wish Pastor Ben was here. We'd at least... We'd at least have a chance of fighting these guys off. And I was just looking for some friends, and they manifested demons on me. And then this lady comes out, and there's like a, a bar. She comes up from behind the thing, and she comes walking forward, and she's like, I'll have you know. I'm <laughs> And as they're holding me down on this bar, I looked up at her, and I said, Congratulations. We okay? When did we let this thug demon spirit start pushing the church around? I don't know about you. I don't want my kids hijacked by that mess. And I love people and I love everybody. We love them. We, we accept everybody. We are very inclusive. We don't want anyone going to hell. Thank you, Jesus. It's like those tolerance bumper stickers. You got all those, those symbols that they'll all kill each other. It's great. Equality. But praise God. Too much. Everybody all right? If you're offended, you should be. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. Um, but the bottom line is this, is that happens, and, and I realized I'm, I'm in a predicament, and I thought, what am I doing in this position? These guys are like manifesting demons. Ever since I was a kid, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but when you really read the Bible and you really got the Word of God rock, rocking and rolling in you, your presence, listen to me, your presence will demand an explanation. When you walk in, something's different. Everybody say that by faith right now. Say, my presence should demand an explanation. You know why that is? Because you got Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you walk into the world, they're dead, you're alive. You're full of God, they don't have God. When you walk in, there should be a difference. And sometimes it's, it's not always positive in the moment. I walked in and people manifest demons. They're just like, ah, you know, perversion or whatever comes out of them, you know. It's like, I got my pet stinky is just screaming on the inside. Rawr, right? So I'm in this place, and these guys try to pin me down, and they're growling at me and barking like dogs. And I'm thinking, wow. I told this story to Andrew Womack one time. He's like, Joseph, you got to be more careful. <laughs> so, uh, ah, 
And so I'm in this place, they got me pinned down, and they're just looking at me like, what in the world is going on here? What are we going to do? And, you know, how's this thing going to operate? I'm asking the questions, what am I going to do to get out of this situation? And remember, as this guy's marching back and forth behind me saying, I'm going to tie you up and burn you. That gets your attention. This guy's marching back and forth, they're saying things. I remember asking the question to the Lord, how did I get here? And this is going on and on and on. And finally, they said, who are you? Where do you come from? And they're growling and barking and they're manifesting demons. I'll never forget the spirit of the Lord rose up in me in that moment. And it, like, it starts here. You ever have that? Where it's, it's, not, it's not like natural anger, but it's like a supernatural irreverence that comes up in you. And, uh, and it just begins to rise and rise and rise. And this was happening as I was in this position. And suddenly I heard myself roar out and say, do you want to know who I am? <laughs> and then I said, Hercules. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Hercules. No. But I began to, it started to build up in me, and suddenly I just cried out. I said, I'm a minister of the gospel. I go around the world, and I cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Just yelled it. And these guys, it looked like somebody slapped every one of them. And they stepped back, and they're in a daze and in a fog. And the Lord said to me, leave. So I'm there, and I'm like, okay. And I was like, I don't want to leave. I got to be honest, a little bit of, you know, my, my upbringing. I'm like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> These guys are like, put hands on me, man. You know, and they were, the Lord's like, son, leave. And I said, well, you guys have a great night. And they're like, you know what? You have a good night too. I'm like, yeah. They didn't even know what happened. And I'm walking backwards, and the lady, you know, with the alphabets, you know, whatever. She, she's back there like, bye. And, and I was walking out. And as I'm walking out, I, I went to my truck, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to go get something else and go back in there, you know. And the Spirit of the Lord said, son, now's the time to leave. But the Lord began to show me that our presence demands an explanation. And this world does not like the light in you. If you're having a hard time, it's because darkness is trying to stomp out the call of God in your life. Listen, when trials come at you, sometimes it's certainly not because you're doing something wrong. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said, be careful when everybody celebrates you and they like you and they're all applauding. That's probably a local call. It's Jesus. It's for me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But listen, you got to recognize something about this, though, that the Lord Jesus Christ is calling you to rise up in the middle of darkness and press back against it. That's why I like Vita Church. That's why I like being here. I believe God is doing something powerful in this place. This place is a light in darkness. There's going to come people from the north, south, east, and west that begin to call Ben and Kara mom and dad. You're going to see that. The leadership team is going to expand. You're going to start to see people that rise and shine, and victory begins to happen. And I just got to tell you today, God wants to impact this place. He wants to prepare this place for the coming season. For the coming season. And there is strength in the house.
I am the Lord your God, and I do not fail, and I bring light in darkness. I have set you as a flaming torch among the sheaves. And I will make a way in dark times. When the world goes down, this place will go up. For I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, you are not on man's economy. You're on God's economy. Listen to me, there's a whole lot of, I just, there's a whole lot of um, people paying their way into ministry, paying their way into influence, and the Lord's stopping that in this season, I'm telling you. There's gonna be a purity of the gospel that loves souls, that loves the Lord, that wants to do nothing but win the lost. Because I'm committed, and I know Ben and Kara are, to making God rich. Amen? What do you give somebody that has everything? The one thing they don't have. Define what that is. You can perceive God has everything, but there's one thing he does not have. He's got all the silver, he's got all the gold. That's a way of worshiping him. I love what Pastor Ben said this morning. When the, when the wise men came, they didn't bring the band. They're like, okay, we worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. Oh, Prince of Peace, almighty one. Da, 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 da. I give you praise. Oh, you are my righteousness. They didn't do that. They brought gold. I got a word from that. I was like, that'll preach, man. That rocks. Did you get a word from that, PJ? Oh, that's strong. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. By the way, it wasn't three wise men. It was a caravan of warriors and killers. There was hundreds of them. When they came into town, Herod's like, Mufasa. (laughs) Herod was petrified because they'd already removed Herod once. They sat him down and put him back in. He's like, why are you guys here? (laughs) They were kingmakers. And they were going to meet the king of the world and they brought him their best. And they were started, the Chaldeans are who they were from and guess who started overseeing them several generations previous? Daniel. Daniel had that all set up and that's why they showed up. That started in Babylon with Daniel. Now listen, the spirit of the Lord is wanting to do something mighty in this place. God's waking up a generation. 